Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the moms, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been here, this Black Country Blokes, Chewing the Fat. For me, Kev Dillon, Aaron Jew, Lee Pinches. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Close. Can you do that again, please, mate? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a few weeks, hasn't it, Kev? <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> Avinia, this is Black Country Blokes, Chewing the Fat, with me, Kev Dillon, Craig Pinches, Aaron Jew and Lee Cadman. Now, obviously, we're all in lockdown, so we're all trying our best to adapt to the technology. But today's episode is going to be about domestic abuse, because obviously this is going to rise. I mean, us four, we're lucky we've all got brilliant relationships with our partners, and that's going to be pushed to the very limits. We're used to, she's at work, I'm at work, the bab's at school. And we're going to put our relationship under so much strain. But then poor buggers who have already got rough, um, rugged relationships, it's really going to be tested. Where normally you'd have a bevy after work or whatever you're doing. Now you're staying in and just getting on the beer, getting on this, getting on that. And unfortunately, it's the partners and the children who are going to be suffering. So your thoughts, lads? Um. I mean, my initial thought with, with the introduction, and this, this isn't faulting you at all, but I think it's just a natural way of looking at things. It seems to it seems to have been introduced from a perspective of the man being the the, the domestic violence um what would you call it? Perpetrator, we'll say, instigate it, yeah. Um and I, I think that, that is that is like a, a generalization of of, to me, a pre-misconception, whereas the man is always... I mean, you see you see on the TV as well, don't you, when the adverts are on the radio, it's always from, like, the, the female being the victim point of view. And this is not... I don't condone anything, of course, but I think it's important to note as well that, you know, this could be man and woman being the victim or being the perpetrator. And like I say, Kev, that's not to pick a fault out, out of... Your intro, I just picked up on that, and it, it always seems like it's um, it, it tends to be from a man's point of view being the the abuser, basically. Um, does that, that make sense? That's absolutely bang on because I've known people in those relationships, and a lot of the time the man won't speak out to it because he feels embarrassed that his missus or partner is knocking him about. So it isn't just the woman who's having it or the man who's it. It's all of us. And sometimes because of that embarrassment and the shame on all parties, that's why people don't speak out about it. Because what I've talked to a lot of people who've been through abuse, it's um, the shame, it's how other people are going to feel, it's how they think other people are going to take it on. And that's the worst thing. Shame is a killer. Shame is a horrible thing. So there are <clears throat> excuse me, organisations out there like Black Countries, Women's Aid, reach out. I think yeah. There's also 
got to think about the the wider family in it because yes, yeah, so there'll be a partner who's getting abused, but it also has a knock on effect with everyone else within that family because they know it's going on. You know, most children and whatever are not they're not stupid. They'll they'll know that someone's turning up with marks on the face or hear the fighting, hear the screaming, and that has a, a big knock on effect with those. Plus, it could also show them the way that they think they've got to behave towards partners. What a lot yeah, of... and, and, and like Kev said... Sorry, Craig, carry on. Yeah, I was going to say, like Kev said, you know, being being in lockdown and that, um, the odds of a, a victim, will say, um, seeing anybody else outside of that family home for it could be could be three months. Well, that's it. A lot of people, when they're in that, that situation, they escape it by going to work, they escape it by going to school, that that their escape net where they can um, disappear from the problem that they're going through. But at the moment, there's no hiding. There's actually support for that as well in terms of like healing and trauma and stuff. Sorry, I just wanted to add that because I think it's important to look at both perspectives because right now our hands are kind of tied, all of us sitting here. Um, you know, our hearts are bleeding here and all this stuff. But what can we do now if somebody tunes into this as one, either an abuser or somebody being abused? And I think because of the isolation thing of the lockdown, you think, well, if I leave him or her, where do I go? Where can I go? And unfortunately, that's a horrible place to be in, isn't it? When you're thinking, I can't even get to the shops, never mind, move in with someone. But that, that's why if the Black, woman, Black Country Women's Aid and these other people and ask them, ask the professionals, hopefully we'll put the, uh, some of the addresses at the bottom of this, but Google it. And I know... In that term, saying Googling, because then you're always frightened about how about he or she reads it. But they're always going, even if you want to try and private message one of us or the site, we'll try and steer you in the right direction. For, for risk of throwing up any controversy, ever playing the devil's advocate, is there, is there like an appeal to people that do, like the abusers of this situation, are they, are they just to be criminalised and ostracised, outcast or whatever you want to call it um, because they are what they are, them, them abusers and they, them bullies and this and all that. Or is there any way that, is, is there any like foundations in that they help people like them see the error of their ways and, and sort of help them? Obviously, you help the victim first, um, so I'm probably not making any sense at all here, so I'm just going on a whim. I always think there's, there's ways that we've tried to work things out, and this this goes from sexism to racism to any other any, any otherism, basically. Um, is is there a way? Is there like an unorthodox method of actually going to the abuser, or do they just hide it and just deny it, or can they be can they be helped? What usually happens is they normally they're offered counselling, like anger management, and but it's up to you whether you take it, isn't it? And unfortunately, I think, like, if it was my little girl or my mother or whatever, or one of yours, you'd want the person locking up. But often, locking them up doesn't stop the problem. Because a lot of this is it's learned behaviour. They've seen their mom or their dad or their auntie, their uncle, their nan, their granddad, having this done to them. So a lot of the time, they haven't got any reference to realise it's wrong. Or then they feel shame that they're aware that they're doing it wrong but I haven't got the tools to put it right. So once again, back to counselling at schools, 
I think if we could have these different things where we could educate at a young age that this isn't that this isn't I'm not gonna say correct behavior this isn't um how this mechanism isn't the best way of doing it and showing them from early doors how to deal with that anger how to but if this was your daughter and she brought back Tom Dick and Harry and he was doing this to her how would that make you feel and try and educate it with empathy with empathy. Do, don't you think that's already there, though, Kevin? Like, I remember growing up and all your mates, from from a from a bloke's point of view, all your mates never hit a woman, never hit a girl. That was always... But it was happening behind closed doors, wasn't it? It was, it was but it's already already there, the, the, the stigmas around it. So if you're still going to do it, even knowing that information, then, you know, I think definitely go and get help and, and these people need help. But, you, you know, is, is teaching it in school... What effect is that going to have when it's quite common knowledge, isn't it? You don't go around hitting your partners. But like, hitting I mean, anybody. At this time, like, because we're going to see a lot of things here, because normally we can go, well, Jasmine's swearing because she heard someone say it at school, or Jasmine's hitting people because she saw someone do it at school. This is going to be where we have to really reflect on how our children are, because we're going to be the influences. However, that depends on whether we're going to be a positive influence by playing with them, giving them lots of time, or whether we're going to be a negative influence because we're knocking mom about, or mom's knocking dad about, or we're both falling over drunk at eleven o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, in the morning. So we are the greatest examples of our children, and they will learn more by our behaviour than by anyone else's. Yeah, I think I think as well. Um... Going back to what you say, like with the anger management, and it depends whether the abuser wants to take it. I think it's important to to note and consider as well, even from a victim's point of view. You know, a lot of victims and they're, they're not stupid, they're not ignorant to to what's going on. They just, and it's not always that they they feel powerless. I think sometimes is it is it Stockholm syndrome where they sort of start to sympathise with with their. Uh, their abuser, so to speak, or their capturer. Um, you know, they they don't. They might not necessarily. What I, I don't want to spark controversy. I'm not articulating myself well, well tonight, if I'm honest. Um, but they're not stupid people. Is what I'm getting at. So they they know all this, and even with the helplines out there, and they know that they're there to help. They may not particularly want to get them. Um, but how do you address that while you're in lockdown? Because when you're face-to-face with somebody, you can sort of talk them around a little bit. But if you say these organisations are there, you know, maybe sometimes it's the face-to-face that helps them come to terms with it. So, I mean... Well, we... What I don't leave them is because the blame turns to shame. And it's, well, I make the perpetrator do this to me because I'm in the wrong. And why would I leave you when who else will want me it's when you start breaking the will of the person that's when it's very hard and sometimes when um, i've talked to these organizations and it's normally when kev's fell, fell asleep drunk on the settee then she's got that window of opportunity to pack everything and run out but then the problem is where do they run to at the moment i think as well like when i mentioned earlier is there a way to to sort of not help the abusers but you know sort of to guide them over the anger management and that is because you know you i hear a lot like a lot of people that are in these domestic violent relationships and that usually female being the victim as well 
they usually say, um, you know what, he's a great guy. Is is this so and the other? Yes, he hits me. But other than that, he, he's perfect in every other way and I love him to bits. So, you know, they may see it as, um, I can't speak personally from that point of view. You know, I've, I've never really been in that situation myself. But they may see it as though it's worth pulling up with because I love him and every other part of him or her is, is, is a beautiful thing. This is just a flaw that he needs help with. You know, is, is there an aspect? So, as you guys were saying that, I think it comes down to like a self-awareness thing as well. So I think there's like two ma- major levels. People who are probably too far gone for, for this episode, that if they're listening, they're just not going to listen because they are the way they are and this is the way they've been taught and this is them just domestically abusing uh, somebody in their house. You just need to actually take a step back and look at their actions. So me and Craig speak about this a lot. So we, we've obviously openly discussed our anger and that's not like a domestic abuse issue. It's just generally anger. It can be angry at anything with us, maybe with ourselves, to be honest. Um, and it was only when I yeah. sat back and I had this exercise with myself and I thought, I used to blame triggers for my anger. So I used to blame somebody else for, for example, cutting up, cutting up the road. I've never had road rage. But I'm just using this as a generic example. And what we tend to do is we pass the blame to other people. But what I'm trying to at least try and encourage, hopefully, is that if there is somebody listening to this, who's blaming their spouse, for example, and saying, oh, it's only because, or when you do this, it makes me angry. Well, actually, that's fine. She might do that and it might, might upset you, but it still doesn't give you the right to then go out and abuse you. So actually, it's your issue. It's your issue on how you react to what's going on, if that makes sense. So I think, what I, I guess what I'm trying to do is encourage people to have a look at why you are the way you are. And then like you guys all mentioned, there are support groups there. There's definitely stuff for abusers because I can't imagine anyone with a, with a sane mind, mind that feels good or you know doesn't feel guilty after abusing someone or, be, or being nasty to someone. So I think everyone wants to be a good person deep, deep down. So that, I don't know, that's just my kind of thought process. I'm not sure if I'm making any sense there, guys. I think that's bang on. I think sometimes what, what we get mixed up with is we put our moral compass onto other people as well because a lot of a lot of times you do stuff and you think you're doing it for the right reasons and until it's pointed out and you have a look at yourself, not blaming anyone, look back and think, well, if that was on the other way, how would that make me feel? But it, it's, it's tough to do it. But if you do want that strong, happy, loving relationship, and I think most of us do, then have a look thinking, it can't be the rest of the world. It can't be everyone else. All the, what's the saying? Everyone can't be wrong all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I think as well, Kev, um, you, you saying, like, how, how would it make you feel? I think that's important to note as well, that there is nothing too subtle that can't constitute as, as abuse. You know, it doesn't have to be cuts and bruises and, and black eyes or, or whatever else. If it makes you feel terrible on a frequent basis by one particular person, that constitutes as abuse as well. And I think that it's all part of the telltale signs. Isn't it? There's, you know, just because you're not getting beat up doesn't mean to say you're not being domestically abused. Well, we've, we've all boxed and we've all had fights and whatever. A smack in the mouth, once it's done, it's all right. You just go, well, hey. Bloody hell, that was sore. Get a bit of ice on it. But the fear of getting punched in the face, like when you're at school, at 3.30, Dylan, I'm going to lamp you. You're going, oh, God. Oh, it, it, it's the dread. That's just smack in the face. You go, oh, thank God it's over. But the mental abuse and the, well, if you do this, I'm going to, 
But if you dare to on that, that's torture. It is. Any thoughts? I mean, yeah. yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on, well, Lee, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's it's bullying, isn't it? It still comes back to bullying. It's the same same kind of thing. Sometimes it's not actually being hit. It's it's the words and and even simple words that you don't that people don't find or you don't find would be abusive can be uh, and, and being in that situation if that keeps going on it's going to affect someone once again it's the it's the thought with it isn't it sometimes yeah. we've all been there we're all married and you say something and she or whoever your partner is takes it the wrong way you've had a bit too much to drink or you've said something one day you laugh at next day I can't believe you have just said that to me. If you could, hang on, yesterday it was a joke. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a relationship. But you know, if you keep saying something, yeah, you, you carry after. could upset them or frighten them. That's when it becomes the bully and the abuse. Yeah. Any thoughts, Aaron? No, no, I'm agreeing with all you've got. I think my perspective, as I'm listening to this, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think about the people who are now stuck in their homes like what what can we do for them like what what this podcast what could people maybe listen to this podcast who may know somebody who's going through domestic violence for example uh, what could we actually do i know you mentioned like the black country um woman's aid was it Women's aid, yeah. yeah yeah that's it sorry yeah um which obviously i'll put all that stuff in the show notes and i'll try and do some research as well in, in terms of putting more stuff out there but i think for me i want to make sure that this, this discussion is brilliant because we're bringing up a lot of um, relevant points, but also I want it to be tangible as well. Like I want somebody to just know there's an element of hope that the reason we all put our, our flaws and our abilities on display is so hopefully maybe an abuser can one day say, actually, I was wrong here. Or somebody has the courage who's been abused to say, I need to pick up the phone or I need to message Kev or Lee or something and maybe get some help. So I don't know. That's just my head uh, just thinking at the minute, mate. So um, you guys have got any other sort of suggestions on that? I think a good thing that we can do, instead of just typing, 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 hi, Aaron, how are you? Hi, Lee, how are you? Pick up the phone. Because our phones, believe it or not, aren't just for social media and Instagram and blah, blah, blah. They're for phone calls. And sometimes hearing someone else's voice gives away so much. So many messages are lost by on the keyboard that you pick up in the voice tone and going, I'm all right. Well, Bert, you don't sound all right. Well, actually, me and Kate had another row. To phone up, FaceTime. So if you see Kev and he's got marks on his face, listen, it's, I've walked into the door, but start seeing it, start picking it out. And don't feel, don't feel like you've got to go around the house and set about the perpetrator because we don't want that. But maybe reach out on their behalf, help them if they don't help themselves because you'll probably lose them as a friend at first. But once they've been able to move on and everyone comes back, maybe they'll welcome back into their lives. Or maybe they just want that phone call of going, you know what, Craig, you stopped me from doing you stopped me from doing something soft. If you hadn't phoned me, I might have done something. I think with any with any kind of any kind of deal like this, I think you you you're treading on eggshells every time, isn't you? Because being I mean, I'm I'm not trained in in, in dealing with it at all. But I've got ears, you know, and I'm, I'm willing to listen. And I've also got a mouth that I can keep shut, believe it or not, when I need to. Um, but I think, like you say, it's important to let people know you're there. How how you proceed to take um, action from there, I think it needs to be to a minimal. 
in regards to, like you say, going around and dealing with the perpetrator or speaking with them because that can antagonise any situation. So I think if you're going to reach out, um, reach out to the one, just give them a nod and say, look, I can see what's happening. I'm here if you need to talk. Never be scared to pick up a phone. Instead of forcing the issue, I think you need to like be a, a neutral safe haven as opposed to selling your service as such as 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 a, someone that's going to help. I mean, does that make any sense? It does, but if you, I would like everyone to realise, if you do think anyone's life's at risk, or the child's life's at risk, or the parents, then step out. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, oh, the neighbours are arguing again, because bloody hell, I'd be locked up. You know what yeah. I mean? But if you, if you think someone's life is at risk, then, you know, maybe that's the time to walk through the door first and pick up the phone. What one second, Kev? Shouldn't that be? I mean, like you say, we this is the topic, but shouldn't that also be just a general um, rule of etiquette? Basically, just how, how we act is be nice and and try and brighten someone's day. You know, um, in particular, the guys that we feel are are, are in some kind of trouble emotionally, physically. Um, but I think just as a general rule of thumb, just try and brighten people's day instead of dulling the light. Well, I honestly believe. This, one good thing about this lockdown is we are going to start communicating because how many times you're at work, you're at the gym, you're whatever, and your mate phones you and goes, I'll phone Craig back later, and it weeks goodbye. But now we're actually thinking, you know what? I'm going to check up on Craig, or I'm going to have a laugh with Lee, or I'm going to see how Aaron's nannies, and you, because we've got the time on our hands, let's, let's spend it correctly. Let's turn this curse into a blessing, and let's get to know our friends. And another thing, Let's reunite with our imagination. Because I honestly believe this could be our renaissance, where some of the greatest poems, songs, movies, paintings will come from this. So instead of just wasting your time yeah. by researching negativity, let's think, you know what? I used to love writing poems. Or, you know what? I've got a great idea for a video game. Let's reunite with our imaginations. Let's be social beings, even though we can't go knock on the door and go, All right, Aaron, you're coming out to play. We'll send a message. We'll send him an amusing thing on from YouTube. We'll put him onto a podcast. Let's reunite with our friends. Spend time with people who we normally miss. <laughs> well, until next week, gang. God bless you all. May your God bless you. Stay happy. Stay safe. And reunite with your imagination. To Rarabit. Listen, listen, listen. And that's a wrap for another show. But if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen.